All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Misfit Nation. Aw, man, I can tell you, I'm not a scientist. I do know a few, though. I have stayed in the Holiday Inn Express from time to time as well. With this knowledge, I can tell you it's mother-loving hot outside. How are you dealing with the heat of summer? What is your go-to for respite? Send us a message on any of our socials or a voice message here on Anchor, and we will put you on the next episode. Alright, so in the military, we are subjected to numerous types of leaders. There are those who micromanage and want to be like a helicopter mom, and then those who are done and do not care anymore. And then there's a ton of those in between the two. In the real world, we have managers and supervisors who are the same way. I always thought it was up to me to make the next me and beyond. If someone I had the honor of leading moves up and beyond where I was, it is amazing to me. It is awesome. I have done my job. Something people think this is a failure and laughable moment on the leader's part, while others who are actually leaders understand it is just the way it is supposed to be. If you are growing a business and want to lead your employees to greatness, our next guest is here for you. So without further ado, let's give a great Misfit Nation welcome and get Claire Chandler on the line. All right, welcome to the Misfit Nation, Ms. Claire Chandler. How are you doing today, Claire? Doing great, Rich. Thanks for having me. Right, no problem. Glad you're able to come on and spend some of your time with us. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your story and how you got started in your venture? Uh, sure. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll try to keep this down to a 20-minute answer. But uh, yeah, so, I, so I'm, a, uh, I'm a reformed uh, corporate employee. Uh, some might call me a corporate survivor, but I spent um, close to 20 years in corporate America after uh, after college, after swearing, by the way, I was never going to go into corporate. It wasn't, you know, the right the right fit for me. Uh, blah blah blah. But that's where the opportunities were. Um, and so I had a a, a storied career and very um, uh, sort of multifaceted. Worked for a couple of different companies. Uh, had a couple of career changes within those companies. Had the you know the blessing to be able to do that. Um, everything from communications and branding and marketing to customer relations. And then uh, the last several years of my corporate career, I was in human resources. And uh, it, it gave me an opportunity to sort of try my hand in a lot of different aspects of, of human resources. And I found that my love was around talent management, leadership development, um, you know, it, it, increasing employee engagement through ways that employees could really lean into and leaders could, uh, could enjoy. Um, and so I decided to make a, a business out of it. So I left corporate uh, America in 2011, um, kind of dabbled for a couple of years, sort of getting into my groove and really figuring out what I wanted to focus on. Um, and then two years later in 2013, I formed my company, Talent Boost. Um, and a lot of people confuse that name. They, they see a name like Talent Boost and they just assume that I'm a recruiting firm. Um, and while I do help uh, some companies attract talent more effectively and consistently, really what I focus on is helping um, businesses from the leadership level on down um, 
you know, really grow and scale the right way, remove their bottlenecks, um, help entrepreneurs, uh, you know, get from point A to point B to point C, even with the right financial backing to kind of grow and scale their businesses the right way as well. Um, so yeah, so I'm all about leadership and growth and positive employee experiences. Nice. And uh, yes, the human interaction helped you with human resources to see what people really needed as they were going through your companies at those times. And you were able to identify shortfalls for many items, items I, I suspect. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's interesting. There's a there's an old joke that says human resources is neither human nor resourceful. Um, and unfortunately, you know, there's a there's a wide swath of of human resources that that kind of go into it for the right reasons, but but quickly kind of fall into this mentality that, hey, you know, we're behind the scenes, we're a corporate support function, we don't really interact with the employees. And the most successful and the most fulfilled human resources, human resources professionals that I've come across um, really embrace their role in helping to, to build and foster more positive relationships between employees and leadership and the companies that they belong to. So to your point, there's a very human side to business that I think human resources and, you know, everybody in, in an organization can better embrace. Definitely. Uh, in my first uh, grown-up job out of the army, I stayed there two years, uh, just over two years, and just past my two-year mark, I, my human resources reached out to me and thanked me for my one year of service. <laughs> that, just, that showed me a great divide in what I did and what they thought I did. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's it's too often the case, right, that there's this massive disconnect, and I have certainly seen it um, through my travels. There's, there's this kind of disconnect between – um, human resources and the, you know, the employees that they support. Um, so it's, it's a bit unfortunate. It can be corrected if people are just a little bit more self-aware and, you know, kind of willing to, uh, to lean in a little bit more to their journey. Right. Definitely. And you said you like to help entrepreneurs. We have a lot of entrepreneurs that, uh, have been on the show. A lot of uh, veterans that got out of the military and started their own businesses, or even some that are still in the military and are starting their business as they lean towards getting out. Uh, what's some things you can help them with? Yeah. So, you know, entrepreneurs are, uh, and I count myself as one, I'm sure you do too. We are a strange breed, right? Um, we kind of, you know, from the outside looking in, we're living the dream, we're working for ourselves, we're calling our own shots, we're, you know, building our the, the world we want to play in. Um, but it can be scary and it can be, you know, sort of lonely. Um, and, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people, uh, at, at all sides of the spectrum of entrepreneurial um, efforts, you know, everybody from starting from the people that are where I was 10 years ago, you know, in a company in a full-time job and sort of debating is now the right time? Am I cut out for being an entrepreneur? What might that look like? Who would pay me to do what I do, so to speak? Um, and then all the way to the other side of the entrepreneurial spectrum where, you know, there are folks that that I've talked with and worked with and 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 helped um, that have built a really successful business as an entrepreneur, and they're now ready to take their business from you know kind of their current point B to a point C. And maybe they need a little bit of help with that. Maybe they need you know maybe it's time for them to seek some uh, you know some funding from 
private equity or venture capitalists or even, you know, someone else in the investment community to take that idea and the story that they've started and really turn that page and, and build just an amazing new chapter. And everybody in between, right? Those who are hiring their first employee uh, in the business that they've started, those who are expanding into, you know, different geographic regions or different business lines. Um, there are so many points along that journey where people can get stuck and people can make the, you know, the big mistake of thinking they've got to figure that all out on, on their own. So that's that's part of what I help entrepreneurs with. Nice. And I, I mean, I just just here in the last year with uh, with COVID and everything like that, a lot of people had, say, mobile businesses or just online businesses. And now as we opened up here, a lot of them are moving to brick and mortar and keeping some of their mobile stuff as well. But they're having to hire those first employees. And I see them with that challenge now because right now a lot of people don't really want to go back to work because they're getting uh, money for doing nothing on other aspects. But the ones they are getting, it's a challenge for them to bring in and actually, I guess, train them up on what they're supposed to be doing and build that trust as they go. Yeah, it, it's it's so interesting. I was just having this this same conversation with uh, with a client earlier today. Um, that there's kind of these two these two real challenges that just about every business in any industry is facing right now. And the first is trying to attract new talent into their workforce. For the reasons that you just mentioned, right now, because we are hopefully coming through toward the you know the light at the end of the tunnel in terms of COVID really impacting our lives, um, but we've still got this you know this this federal stimulus and these other you know unemployment where the the state rules are are being relaxed. Um, I know here in New Jersey, um, the the requirement that you show evidence that you are actively looking for a job. Um, in order to continue to qualify for unemployment, that requirement has been waived right now. Um, and so, and I know New Jersey's not alone in that. So it's, it, you know, the intent of that was to help people through a very difficult time by relieving some of the pressure uh, while they're coping with other things, health and family and, um, you know, all of these impacts to our work. But unfortunately, the longer that that stays in place, that that requirement is waived, and the longer that the federal stimulus makes it really attractive to stay home, um, you know, a lot of businesses and a lot of industries are suffering, um, you know, in terms of, of attracting people to the fold. And that's only the front end of the challenge. The back end, of course, is how do we keep them? How do we engage them? How do we train them up? And how do we put the right people into the right roles where they can contribute their best, enthusiastically do that and help us as an organization move closer to our mission. So it's a, it's a dual challenge and it is a very painful um, uh, kind of headache right now for a lot of companies. Well, I'm sure. And uh, the, the challenge is you have to be strong. And like you said earlier, you can't do it yourself. You got to realize you can't do it yourself. You have to have that team behind you. It takes that village to make a, a business grow and once they get the mentality that they have assets out there that can help them like yourself and others, they, they'll probably be more successful when they try to do it on their own. It's going to be like running into a wall constantly every day. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think, you know, part, part of the issue with that, and I, and I know I face this as well, but whether you're a, you're a solopreneur uh, or you're, you know, the head of a massive company um, you're in the middle of your own forest, right? And it, it, it is always helpful to 
have a situation where, where to find an environment or to even find um, a mentor or a coach or a sounding board that enables you to talk things out loud. Because I know for me, there are sometimes, you know, if I'm not, not working with a client or on a podcast like this, um, you know, or doing something where I'm interacting with another human being, you spend a lot of time in your own head. Yes, I talk to myself, right? <laughs> there's, there's just this, this situation where you start to get enamored with your own ideas, but you also start to put up um, kind of psychological and mental barriers between where you are and where you want to get to. And so that is as true for the solopreneur as it is for the CEO of, you know, a global corporation. Um, and so, you know, the, the, the key to kind of getting through your own forest is talking with somebody else who can see more clearly where you're stuck and how you can keep moving forward, you know, toward, toward the business that you're meant to have and, and, you know, the, the type of leader that you're meant to be. Right. And like I started this in February doing this podcast. And at first I was just doing it on my own and thinking it can't be that hard. How hard could this be? <laughs> I need a microphone on. and a decent Wi-Fi signal, right? <laughs> Exactly. That's all I need. What what more could there be to this? <laughs> I have all these friends that I served with. I can just call them. We can talk about army stories all day. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about the back end. Who wants to listen to that? The same people I'm interviewing will be the ones listening to it. I need to grow that audience. So I started, I joined groups on Facebook, uh, podcast groups and such to just bleed the uh, information from them, find out what they're doing and become a sponge. And now I have three microphones because the first two I didn't like, and I just keep buying more <laughs> instead of selling the old ones. And then, uh, <laughs> And now I've reached out to many different uh, people to talk to from all different genres and all different ways of life. So I'm building that broad base of hodgepodge of topics that I actually wrote in my initial statement on my podcast, a hodgepodge topics, but I didn't really think it all the way through. You know, it's, it's amazing that what you just said is, is pure gold. So I hope your listeners rewind and really listen to what you just did because um, you know, so many entrepreneurs, and I know I fell victim to this in the early years as well. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier, we can get enamored with our own idea, right? We can get sort of in love right. with, wow, I've got this offering, and I'm just going to bring it out to the world. And more often than not, it's met with crickets, because we, you know, put together a, a package, a framework, a program, an offer um, that we're, we've convinced ourselves, you know, we love it, and therefore the and what you did and what you just described is exactly what I finally figured out is the right way forward. And a lot of entrepreneurs will benefit from, from hearing that, which is go out and study the market, right? If you have an idea, whether it's for a podcast, for a book, for an offering, for even the focus of your business, go out and do some due diligence. And, you know, some of the ways that you can do that, you just mentioned, join some Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups, read up on the industry that you want to serve, um, the, the type of offering you might want to get involved in and apply your talents to, start connecting with people, not for the purpose of selling or pitching them, but for learning from them, right? What are they struggling with? What is What does their forest look like? And how are they getting their way to the other side? How are they navigating that? If, if we spent more time, we being entrepreneurs, studying the reality that is out there, we would much faster and more clearly figure out our place in that universe and how we can help. Definitely. 
uh, and part of my my first year out of the military, I didn't do. I didn't work at all the first year. It's not that I didn't want to. It's just that I kept getting judged based on my career because I served so long. So most businesses thought that I wanted a high salary or I wanted X. They never asked me those questions. They mm. just assumed. So I, I was trying to figure out what's wrong with me the whole time. I was looking at my resume. I had other people look at my resume. I bought the book, uh, What Color Is My Parachute, to figure out what color my parachute was. What I was supposed to do <laughs> yep. with my, What am I supposed to do with my hands? What am I supposed to do with my adult life here? And then I just realized it's not me. It's just a perception. So I had to go into things telling people, I do not want this. I want a job. I want a purpose. I just life. And that's when I finally wound up in a position where I worked for two years in a nonprofit, actually mentoring other veterans as they were going through the same situation I went through. You know, and, and, and you're, you're bringing up a big pet peeve that I have about business and their attitude toward military veterans. Um, just about every company on the planet, is, it, it, at least in the U.S., talks a good game about respecting the military and giving preference to veterans. Um, but in fact, more often than not, their experience, uh, the, the experience that they foster is the experience that you had, which is they don't quite know what to do with you. Um, right. Because you didn't go the traditional track. Uh, and so your resume of military experience is not we are not able from the from the employer side to do an apples to apples comparison between your military experience and, you know, a candidate that isn't coming from the military has more of a you know school to job to to career kind of a track. Um, and every time I come across a business who makes that mistake, and you used a very key word a minute ago, you said assumption. When they make that assumption that because Richard came through the military, he has this worldview, he has this set of skills, and he has this set of expectations, and we don't ask and we don't clarify, it's a huge mistake. And a lot of companies are missing out on that talent. And the other reason that they are missing out is in my experience, and I know your army, I am married to a devil dog. So he still considers himself a Marine, uh, right? Once a Marine, always a Marine. Um, always. So, yeah. So like the, the thing that is um, in common in my experience of among any military veteran is, and you use the word purpose. I always, you know, I, I kind of refer to it as mission, but you're so mission focused, right? You came up through an experience in the military where everything was about the mission. And it didn't necessarily mean while you were on deployment, it could be during boot camp. It could be during, you know, training exercises. What is it that we are sitting here right now in this moment to accomplish? And I think employers, rather than making assumptions about your worldview or what you may not know, they need to lean in and embrace the fact that military veterans uniquely and deeply appreciate and honor a mission. And so that to me is a huge disconnect that the smart organizations really need to start paying closer attention to. I agree a hundred percent. It took, it took my former leader of mine to get me the job I'm in now where I, I'm back training soldiers and I love it and it, mm -hmm. I have a lot of fun, but I, and I get to go home every night. Yeah. I can keep them out in the woods and I go home at night and then I get to <laughs> do the podcast on the, on my time which is basically any time after I'm done with them. And then I also go to, I'm going for still pursuing education, going for my PhD right now. 
So I'm keeping myself busy and making myself more marketable for my next adult uh, life, I guess, as a professor or something as I move forward. Right. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Uh, my wife, uh, when I started the podcast, she, she said, yeah, like you had eight extra hours a week to do that since you were going to school, going to work, and, <laughs> and now you want to do this. Sure, I'll, I'll see you in bed, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't like to be bored. That's uh, that's for sure. Definitely not. <laughs> and I guess I got to keep moving all the time and it drives her nuts. But it's a, a labor of love between us after 26 years. So. Yeah. my You know what? My husband's the same way. He will not sit for dinner. He has to stand. Um, <laughs> the, it, you know, he doesn't sit until the end of the day. And that's when he is ready to go to sleep. Um, you know, I think that's just, I don't know if that's the military in him or that was just why he gravitated toward the military because that kind of lifestyle was just, you know, suited him. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, it's a quirky little thing about him. He stands to eat. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully he doesn't eat like he's still in the Marines, like his (sighs) last meal. (laughs) No, fortunately he's, he's grown out of that, but, uh, a a lot of the other, uh, you know, kind of mission orientation and discipline are still there. You know, I think we all wind up keeping a lot of that ingrained in our heads and gets us more in trouble at home than it does at work. <laughs> I'll get a task and my wife will tell me something and I'll run with it. I'll do it and I won't do it to her standards because it's it's done my way and fast. And she wants it perfect and I'm not a I'm not a gardener. <laughs> I won't make something perfect in a garden. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I, I believe that translates in the in the corporate world it I believe that a lot of it, besides the assumptions, they think that we're going in there to try to take their jobs at some point. And that should be the assumption with anyone, not just the military person. If you hire me, you should be preparing me to take your job in the in the future anyway. And it, either it's this week, next year, or whatever. You shouldn't have that fear when you're hiring someone because that's your job is to pre- prepare the person, lead them to the next level. That is that is so right on. I mean, and, and if more companies understood that and leaders at every level really understood that, you know, if a, if a company is going to survive and evolve and remain competitive and grow, it has to continually replenish the talent supply and make it better than it was yesterday. Right. Um, right. <laughs> which just reminded me my, so my husband has a, a saying on his, on his whiteboard, which is in our kitchen. It says the only easy day was yesterday. Uh, I'm sure you relate to that as well, right? In in your uh, yes. in your military training, but but it's true, and I think companies, um, you know, some companies just think, well, once we have this talent and we fill these holes in terms of you know job vacancies, we're going to be good, and we're just going to then you know keep that machine going. And the death of any company is you know the the stronghold or stranglehold on the status quo. You cannot stay in place. You have to constantly be moving forward. And I don't care what industry you're in, whether you consider yourself an innovative business or a more standard, um, you know, quote unquote, kind of conventional business, you have to evolve, you have to grow, and you have to give your people a reason to keep, you know, giving as as much of their energy and talent and, and brain power as possible. Otherwise, you die, you lose competitive edge, you lose market share, um, you lose engagement. And therefore, you know, all the things that go with that, you lose productivity, you lose profitability, um, you know, and, and your company as a whole loses the will to live and to, you know, grow and scale and, and outbeat the competition. And you definitely you lose that talent that you tried to keep down as they oh, see yeah. other 
you yeah. make it marketable so they want to stay or beneficial for them to stay, they'll stay forever because it feels like family working there. Once you start keeping them pushed to the side or giving them menial tasks, they don't want to be there anymore. And, and that's why that is that dual challenge, right, of not just attracting people into your organization, especially right now with all the constraints we talked about, but it is even harder and even more critical to figure out a way to retain talent. And the way you retain talent is not by keeping them down and shipping away at their self-worth so that they're so you know afraid to leave because they could only survive working for you, right? We have to figure out a way for organizations to get better consistently and sustainably at attracting the right people, but then giving them a reason to stay and contribute. And it's that simple. I realize it's not easy, but it is as simple as that. Attract the right people, give them a reason to stay and empower them to do the job better than you did. Um, you know, and, and, and want to aspire to sit in your seat someday because that's how you grow and that's how companies win. Right. When I started this job, I started teaching one subject that I never taught before, and it was a challenge to me. So I thought this was pretty cool. This is challenging. I'll stay with it. I did so well at that when they offered me a different class that I never taught before. And they said, here's a, a different boss. And as soon as I got this new boss, all he talked about was promoting me. Mm. As soon as he came in as my boss, I want to get you to the next level. I already seen what you did with the last thing. You can do this better, and you're going to be better for it and we're going to get you there and within a year he promoted me to the next level and now he's making me a senior instructor here soon so it, just having him motivate me every time he talks to me it's a motivational speech basically it's like having a tony robbins in my phone every time he calls <laughs> me. you know and, it, great. and it's awesome for for i mean many reasons but but two of them are on the side of of you know your your leader or your manager um you know knowing that you didn't you, you know, you didn't have past experience in that particular thing did not, you know, dissuade him from giving the opportunity. And in fact, he focused more on making sure you felt confident to step into that role and to learn it and to do it really well, because he based it on your, you know, your attitude and the fact that you were able to, uh, you know, embrace and really thrive in the last challenge he gave you. And so that's, you know, that's great. But on the flip side too, you didn't look at that and say, well, this is something I've never done before. Therefore, I'm going to turn down the opportunity. And too many employees, I mean, you know, I, I beat up on leaders a lot in HR about, you know, what they could be doing better. But let's pick out the employees for a second, because too many employees say, oh, that's a new experience. And that's something that I've never done before. And therefore, I'm going to shy away from it. You didn't do that. You right. said, you know what, here's an opportunity for me to expand, for me to grow, for me to challenge myself. Um, somebody yesterday uh, referred to it as, you know, constantly pushing ourselves to walk uphill, um, right? So constantly challenging ourselves and and growing because doesn't it get boring after a while if you're just teaching the same course year after year that you can just do without even thinking about it? And you're, you know, your employees or in your case, you're. So when I took over that class, like like you said, I took it as challenge accepted, like uh, how I met your mother with Barney Stinson. Challenge accepted. You give me something, I'm going for it. I'm not going to fail because I don't think I had that in my mentality. And I took that class. The second course I had to teach was uh, it was a little more challenging. It was a little more technical. I just taught myself it. I went online. I, I took classes on it to make myself smarter, <laughs> to sound smarter anyway. And uh <laughs> They give me that breadth of uh, knowledge so I can teach the soldiers and they'll be confident. And I go into the class and I don't even look at my slides. 
I just have them on behind me just as basically placeholders in case I do get held up or my brain stops for some reason because someone asks a question that throws me off. I can just look back and say, oh, yeah, here I was, and go. And I keep them energized. They're on the edge of their seats. My coworker, he's been teaching his so long, it's, it's kind of like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He's in there talking. He's like, anyone, anyone, Bueller. anyone? <laughs> exactly. And he asked me how I get the engagement. I said, I'm not bored with my subject. Mine is evolving, so I have to know it all the time, and I'm excited about it. I don't think you're excited anymore. You need to move to a different class or find some new stuff for this one. And I don't know if he's gonna, he understood that well or not, or he took it right, but hopefully he did, and he's able to move on and, and get the soldiers off the tons of energy drinks in his classes. And, you know, you, you just summed up what employee engagement is all about, and it's something that clearly your manager understands, right? that the moment that you get bored or disillusioned or just like, you know what, I'm just kind of phoning it in at this point, you and anybody else, like it's just human nature. If I get to a point where in a job, all I do is show up and do the same thing day in and day out. And it's just, yeah, it's something that I can do. But like, I'm not even, I'm putting only half energy and half effort into it anymore because I've been doing it so long. I could, you know, I could do it in my sleep. Well, you want consistency, but what you don't want is people that are unconscious, right? So like you, you totally just summed up employee engagement because that's what we're striving for. You want in an organization that is jam packed with people who are not all unfamiliar with what they're doing, but get energized to keep learning and to pushing the envelope and to, you know, just sort of advancing. And I don't mean up a ladder, but I mean, Mentally, I mean, you know, in terms of what they're contributing to the organization, if you create an environment like your manager is doing with you and saying, you know, validating that what you've done to this point is great and it is contributing toward our mission. But now here's the next challenge. And I want to see you step up because I know you can do it. If every leader and manager and supervisor in an organization dealt with their employees the way your manager is dealing with you. I guarantee you, your the the return on that type of emotional investment is going to be huge. Oh, definitely, that's exactly what goes on, and I can, and I I know my coworkers manager, and I can tell the difference every day. I see the difference, and I just smile and wave, and I walk away because <laughs> I, I can. <laughs> and so and you know what? And that's and that's the issue too, right? Like you're talking about your your coworker, where the two of you are are kind of very different. And yeah, you're in different places in your in your life and, and all of that. But you also report to, it sounds like, two very different leaders. Your leader is not content with getting letting you get complacent and neither are you. His leader is just fine with the, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it mentality of, of management. Well, he's filling a need, he's plugging a hole, He's delivering something the same way he always did, you know. And and so if you if you if you do that, um, you know, you're never going to grow. Yeah, you could get predictable results, but are they the best yeah. results you could get? Probably not. Exactly. I'm I'm glad that what I what I have is what I have right now, and it, it makes me happy every night. I, every time I drive home, I'm smiling, so I'm good. That's awesome. <laughs> so if um someone wants to get in contact with you to hire you or to just see what you can provide them. Do you just do New Jersey or do you do worldwide? Cause 
the great internet systems? I, uh, I do not do just New Jersey. In fact, the overwhelming majority of my clients are uh, outside of New Jersey and they don't mind my, my Jersey sassiness. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm, I'm worldwide. I'm, I'm mostly focused on uh, the U.S. and Canada. But, uh, yeah, with uh, the world that we're living in and the technology we've got available, um, you know, there's, there, are no, there are no borders now anymore. Um, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> So it's basically the globalization came to light with the explosion of the internet. And uh, I guess every app in the world that can get you around the world now, it kind of ties us all together as one giant neighborhood. Uh, yeah, well, and, and not only that, but I mean, some of the challenges that we see in businesses in the U.S. are universal. So, yeah, the language might be different. The structure of a company might be different. The way that you get from point A to point B might be a little bit different. But the, the same hurdles that businesses have to, uh, you know, conquer to succeed and the same hurdles between, you know, or, or sort of barriers between leaders and the people that they're trying to get to follow them are universal. Um, the solutions are not one size fits all. We, we get that. But these, these challenges that people have in relating to each other are human challenges. They're not U.S. challenges. Right. That's exactly right. And how would someone get in contact with you? Is it just through your website or, or social media? Yeah, so the easiest way, um, and, and I'll kind of just make this this direct invitation to your to your listeners. If any of, of what Rich and I have been talking talking about resonates with you, just you know, your phone is already in your hand, just scroll, go up to your browser and just put in discoverywithclaire.com. That's gonna take you right to my calendar page. And just book a call with me. There's no obligation. You're not going to get a sales pitch. Just let's spend 15 minutes. I want to get to know you a little bit better in your situation. And let's talk about it. So discoverywithclaire.com is the best way to get a hold of me. Awesome. Uh, Claire, thanks again for taking your time to come on and uh, being flexible for me. Yeah, no worries uh, at all. I look forward to talking to you again in the future. Sounds good. That was great chatting with Claire. She gave us some amazing insight in developing of a great organization that also has an awesome culture to work in. Check out what she has to offer via her link in the show's notes. You know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on the Misfit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry us on. We appreciate you. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are the Misfit Nation.